It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Hello. Welcome to the second installation of Job Hunting 101. This is Speedway saying, I am going to help you, hopefully, with your job hunting. If you missed last week's show, I encourage you to listen to it because that was the beginning of the job hunting tips that may be of use to you. If you hate your job, as we talked about in a previous episode, and you've gotten to that place where you are now thinking you want to find a new job, this might be helpful to you. Or if you are currently in the process of job hunting, for whatever reason, hopefully these tips will give you some other ideas that you can employ in your job search that will help you. I am going to start from where we left last week. So last week, the last thing we talked about was the value of recruiters and how they can help you in the right way to and not to use recruiters. We'll start today with a discussion about your cover letter and your resume. Here's what I would suggest to you. Tailor your cover letter to the job opportunity. I'll give you an example of what that means. I am a lawyer. I have been practicing law for 20 years. I have done a lot of things over the course of that 20-year career. Let's suppose that I am applying for a job where they are looking for somebody with a lot of experience in litigation. Why? I have over 14 years' worth of litigation experience. So when I draft my cover letter and when I draft my resume, I am going to tailor it to focus on that experience. Why? Because I know that this is what the company is looking for. Now, my suggestion also is you never draft your cover letter and resume in a vacuum. Before you do that, you go to the company website and you look at who this company is, the company history. If it's a public company, you look at their most recent annual report. Why do you do all those things? Because it will give you a sense for what this organization does and what it values and where it's going. And you can leave some of those things into your cover letter in particular. Why? Because companies never, ever hire people so that they can give you a job. Companies always hire people because they have a problem that they're hoping you're going to help them fix. Okay? So job hunting and looking and finding a job. No job is ever about you. A job is always about the need that the company has and their hope and belief that perhaps you can help them solve that problem. So the more you can fashion your cover letter in the context of what the company is looking for, then the better, and you're going to have a hard time doing that in any kind of successful way 
if you have no clue about who this company is, what they value, and what they're trying to achieve. Okay? So that is an, ex- ex- that is an example of how you can tailor your experience to the organization. If, for example, going back to my original scenario, here I am, lawyer, practicing 20 years. Let's suppose I am faced with a company that is looking for someone with transactional work. In that case, then maybe I will highlight the work that I did in the years that I uh, was involved in transactional um, law. So corporate law, transactional law, contracts, joint ventures, all of that experience might be what I would highlight on my resume. This brings me to a caution, which is do not lie about your experience. So don't make up stuff as you want it to fit with a job. So let's suppose that uh, I'm looking at a job and the job says we want someone with five years at least of experience in mergers and acquisitions. Now, I know I don't have five years' worth of M&A experience, but if I were inclined to do so, I might be inclined to embellish about the work that I did for six years at one in-house organization where I did transactional work. My suggestion to you is never, ever, ever lie about your experience on your resume. Aside from the fact that it's the wrong thing to do, aside from the fact that, you know, there's a commandment that says you shouldn't lie, let's suppose you don't believe in that sort of thing. But I would suggest that you also not lie on your resume because you will be found out. There are certain things that you would know how to do if you had had five years of M&A experience. M&A means mergers and acquisitions. So first of all, if you don't even know what the acronym means, you probably don't have the experience, right? You will probably not know the basics of what you have to know in order to qualify for that experience. And even if you snow people in the interview and they don't notice that you don't have the experience, they will notice when you take on the job because you're going to have a huge learning curve. You're going to make the kinds of mistakes you'd never make if you had five years of experience. And the stakes are usually high when a company says we have to have a certain thing. And so you're not going to be able to scale the learning curve in sufficient time to do the work and convince everybody that you actually know how to do it. Never mind the stress that you're going to be faced with when you have demands placed on you for things that you have no idea how to do. The other reason you don't do it is because most of the time, especially in a high-level position, there will be no one to teach you how to do what you don't know how to do. If you have subordinates, they will figure you out and they will deeply resent the idea that you've been hired to be over them and you have no clue about what you're doing and they can run rings around you because you lied to get this job. All kinds of horrible things that happen when you lie about a position. If, on the other hand, 
you are truthful, which I highly recommend, the company might decide to hire you anyway. So they might say, well, you know, you don't have any merger and acquisition experience, but you have enough of the things that we're looking for in other areas. And by the way, the M&A stuff isn't really critical to the job near term. So we can hire you with the idea that over the next whatever, 6 to 12 months, we're going to give you some intensive training. We're going to sit you down with our M&A team, and we're going to get you up to speed. That might be a perfectly good solution because then you will have the time and opportunity to learn. But not only that, but when you start actually doing the work, they will be willing, your employer uh, will be willing to give you the leeway that you need in order to sort of fumble around a bit like everybody does and ultimately get it right. So that is the value of not lying about your experience. And, you know, of course, you lie about your experience, you get found out, as most people do, then it really casts a shadow of all kinds of doubts about your integrity. And especially if you were placed by a recruiter and the recruiter finds out that you lied to the recruiter, you lied to the company, you tarnished the recruiter's reputation, uh, you know, a lot of towns, in a lot of towns, you know, the professional community tends to be kind of small. So word of things like that may get around, and you might find it increasingly difficult to get others to work with you because now they've all heard about how you behave. Help other people along the way. This is a whole different topic now. Let's suppose you find a job lead that is not right for you, but you know someone who would be a great fit for the job. Lead along. Why? Because you don't want to get so wrapped up in your own job search that you completely forget to work and give back to other people even as you're looking. Aside from the fact that it is the right thing to do, you will probably find that in a job hunting situation, you have no idea where your job is going to come from that will um, create the right opportunity for you. It may be that the person whom you help to find a job today may be the same person who calls you a few months later and says, hey, guess what? Uh, so-and-so in my company is hiring, and I thought you might be interested in an introduction. So do it for altruistic reasons, but also, you know, what goes around comes around. For that one person that you help, maybe somebody else is going to come and be moved to help you. And at least you can feel good about the opportunities that you are providing for others, especially if those opportunities were never going to be the right opportunities for you anyway. So... Don't get, and the other thing is that if you associate with other people who are job hunting, they give you the opportunity to encourage uh, each other and feel like you're less alone. Sometimes when we find ourselves in undesirable situations, like let's say I don't have a job and I need one and I really want one, there is very often a tendency to feel lonely because then you start thinking about, how lucky everybody is who has a job. You start thinking about the fact that you can't call any of your friends during the day because 
they're all working. And then you feel kind of lonely because you feel like, well, you know, I'm the only one who's not working. How come I'm so unfortunate and it's easy to get down? So associate with other people who are trying to find jobs as well because you can provide each other with mutual support and encouragement. Associations are out there. I know that, uh, for example, as a lawyer, and I said this in the first show, I am the member of the uh, Association of Corporate Counsel. They have a section called Members in Transition, and this section is solely intended for lawyers who are looking for jobs. And they get together, they have speakers who come in, they talk about you know, job hunting tips, and they talk about ways to improve and sharpen your skills while you're looking for a job. And a whole lot of these lawyers get together every meeting, and they are able to encourage each other. They're able to compare notes on good job hunting tools, job hunting techniques, things that they're learning, uh, connections that they're able to make, Anything that they're able to share with each other, they share. So it's helpful to associate with other people who can encourage you, who can help you, who can give you some leads, and, uh, because you never know when your next opportunity is going to come, and you never know where it's going to come from. So these are all good things to bear in mind. Having said all of that, I would say to you also, do not, do not be discouraged. Look at the results that you have been getting and where your job hunt is breaking down. I'll give you an example. In the first show, I said that you should be spending eight hours a day, five days a week, looking for a job if you don't have one. And so... If you have spent two hours a day job hunting and six hours a day sleeping, then you ought not be discouraged because what you know is you haven't put the time in, right? The other thing that I would recommend is, you know, be systematic about your job hunt. So today I'm going to spend my eight hours doing this. I'm going to spend four hours networking, I'm going to go and attend that one thing at that one place and I'm going to give out at least two of my cards to at least two new people that I meet and I am going to introduce myself and I am going to meet at least two new people at this particular event that I will follow up with. That is a fair goal. And with the other four hours, I'm going to look online and I'm going to identify new websites where I can... um, look for job leads that will hopefully yield some results. I'm not going to apply for those jobs online. I'm first going to shuttle them off to my recruiter. Oh, by the way, maybe what I'll do is I'll spend an hour calling up my recruiters and talking to them about what I'm finding, what they're finding, how things are going. So before you know it, eight hours has gone by, and that's just today. So tomorrow, I'm going to do it all over again, and I'm going to go maybe to a different event. And if I don't have an event to go to, maybe I'm going to spend my time looking for other events that I can attend, that I can go to, other association activities where I might find potential employers. Maybe I'm going to spend some time volunteering for the kind of organization I might like to work for, 
because if I do that, I am likely to find perhaps people there that I might want to network with who might lead me to a potential position. So all of these are things that you can do. If you are talking to people and you run out of people you know to ask about potential positions, then maybe this is the time you start trolling LinkedIn and seeing if there are people that you might want to connect with who are new to you or who know people that you know. And maybe there's someone who can introduce you to someone you want to get with so that you can uh, extend your network of contacts that will help you with your job search. When you are looking for jobs and you're networking with people, my suggestion is don't ask for a job because most people that you're going to talk to will not have a job. But what you can ask them for is you can ask for information. So before you go and talk to somebody, then maybe what you do is you go to that company's website and you see if they are recruiting. So then your, your conversation is not about, hey, can you help me find a job? It's about, hey, I see that your company is recruiting for this position. Do you know who I can talk to or can you introduce me to somebody I can talk to about this position? Okay? Um, if, let's say, you get to the interview stage and you're not being picked for the job, then don't be discouraged because maybe your problem isn't the run-up. Maybe your problem has something to do with how you are presenting in the interview, or maybe you are not well-suited for the jobs that you have been searching for. If you're not nailing your interview, then maybe you might need some help from a professional coach. And your, personal, and your pro professional coach might be able to help you with presentation, how are you dressing, how are you coming across in the interview. There are organizations out there specifically designed to help you with all facets of the interview and job hunting process that you can uh, look to for assistance. So those might be ways that you could help yourself. You might decide, now that we have recording devices out the wazoo everywhere, you might decide that you're actually going to mock an interview and you're going to record yourself. So for my eight hours of job hunting tomorrow, I'm going to spend three of those hours recording myself answering uh, would-be job interview questions, and I'm going to watch the video and see myself perform and see how that's going. And then tomorrow, maybe if it's a Saturday, you get your spouse, you get your significant other, your friend or somebody, to actually ask you the interview questions. You don't give them the questions, they come up with their own questions, and they do a full mock interview, and you both critique your performance. These are all things that you can do if you're having trouble with your job search. If you're finding that the jobs that you're looking for are not well suited for your resume, it could mean that you need to change the kind of jobs you're looking for, which may not be a thrill, but it may be the reality. Alternatively, it may mean that while you're looking for your job, there are ways that you should be honing your skills. So, and I, I speak about you know being a lawyer and job hunting because. That's the career that I know. Maybe I might decide that as a lawyer, since I am not getting a lot of hits in the work that I really want to do, which is working with victims of domestic violence, 
and families that are facing, you know, crisis. Maybe uh, my corporate law background is not really conducive to getting that kind of job. Therefore, I am going to go and volunteer at the Battered Women's Shelter. So part of my eight hours of job hunting uh, also includes two hours of volunteering at the shelter. Why? Because if I go and I volunteer there, I'm going to get experience that will allow me to be conversant about the issues facing victims of domestic violence. I can put that on my resume. Then I can now get into a job that looks like that because now I've got some experience. All of these things will keep you busy. So if you decide I'm going to volunteer twice a week for two hours, that is four hours a week out of your 40 hours of work that you're going to be doing looking for a job and is contributing in a positive way to the career that you want to have. So don't get discouraged. Look at your job hunt to date and look at the things that you've been doing. Map them against best practices. I encourage you to visit spewa.com. There are some articles on best practices. And, of course, you can decide that one of those eight hours that you're going to spend every day will be spent learning about how to become a more effective job hunter. Believe it or not, it is a craft. It is an art. And many, many, many people get it wrong. And that's why they may not be finding the jobs that they want. Now, in fairness, it's also true that the job market is not what it has been in other economic years, but it is picking up. We've all heard the numbers about how jobs are on the increase. And therefore, and, and besides, you don't need all the jobs. You don't need a nation full of new jobs. You just need one, right? And no matter what the economic climate, there are always people who are landing jobs and losing jobs. It doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. So don't be discouraged by the news you hear about, oh, the job market's down, and oh, this is so hard. Pay no attention. You just need one job, and your one job can indeed come to you no matter what is going on in the economy, no matter what is going on in the job market, you can have the job that you want. Or you can have a job that is a step towards the job that you want. So finally, be clear about your objectives. You may decide that the job that you want requires skills that you already have, in which case you're just focused on finding that job. You might figure out that actually the job that you want requires skills you don't have, in which case you might have to take a detour in order to get that experience so that you can have the job that you want. And if that's the case, then you want to be mindful and planful about your career. You might say, okay, I'm going to go and take this other job over here for three years because it's going to take me about three years to get the experience that I need, and then. I'm going to go and apply for the job that I do want because by then I will have the minimum amount of experience in order to actually qualify for that job. Perfectly good strategies, but at least what that means is every job that you have is going to be strategically placed in order to get you to the job that you want. And that way, you're less likely to have situations where you hate your job because there is a context for that job in the career of your life, right? And 
you will know, even if you absolutely hate that job, that I'm only here for these three years so that I can get this particular experience. I'm going to focus on getting it. I'm not going to get tied up into personality issues, uh, my team issues. Um, I don't like the fact that they don't have this and this and this at this job. You're just focused on this is the experience that I came to get. I'm going to get my experience, and I'm going to move on. So all of those are the job hunting tips that I have for you. And I will say until next week, we are going to be talking about some other job hunting tips. We're going to be talking in the next coming episodes about interviews, in particular how to nail the interview. What are the three questions every employer asks either explicitly or implicitly, and how should you answer those three questions? So all of these for you will be some in a continuation of job hunting tips. This is Speedway saying go in peace and very, very happy job hunting and do not be discouraged. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.